There's a change happening in the way we live, the way we work, the way we spend our money and make our decisions. We are evolving to be more conscious in our actions in a way that serves the world and makes it a better place. Welcome to The Ethical Evolution. The Ethical Evolution podcast is brought to you by The Ethical Change Agency. I'm Bindi, CEO and founder, and I am honoured to bring you the stories of those who create change through paying it forward and giving back. Ethical business owners and holistic healers who are determined to create collective change in the world. Once we have a change in consciousness and through collective change, we can become one. Anyone that knows me knows that I love to have a laugh and have been known to make others laugh often. It's no surprise that I invited my next guest to be on the show to not only share her story, but also her powerful message of humour as a connector and a healer. Lisa David Olson is a speaker, creative coach and author of her memoir, Laughs on Rye, in which she shares how humour saved her life after an abusive childhood. Based in Minnesota, USA, Lisa has been a writer-performer of sketch comedy, parody songs and improvisation for decades and fills hearts with joy wherever she goes. I hope you enjoy this thought-provoking and laugh-inducing conversation with Lisa as much as I did. Welcome, Lisa, to The Ethical Evolution. It's so fun to meet you, Bindi. Thank you so much for the invite. Now, uh, you are most welcome, and um, I am so lucky to have you here because it's like 2 a.m. where you are, I think, at the moment. <laughs> um, and yes, and yes, back when I was young, this is the time I was getting home. Yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> it's it's late at night where you are, early morning, and you're in your gym jams, um, but uh, can you tell us uh, who you are and what you do? My name is Lisa David Olson. I've been a speaker and performer for two decades in a sketch comedy troupe where we write our own sketches and parodies about town, do improvisation and song parodies. And then when we were doing improvisation for parties, you know, ask the audience, give me a room where two people will meet. And we just do a scene right on the spot. So I've been, that's been two decades of my world. And also my speaking and I'm a humorist. I love to include the audience. I'm an interactive humorist using improv in my work. I also teach people now I've been phasing into working with creativity for your projects, your teams, and showing how those tips from my performing and that world work in the corporate world or for you and your project. I love to infuse creativity. I love that. And have you found things have really shifted for you this year? Obviously not getting out and performing um, and having to do things online. How's that shifted things for you? My wildest thing that happened this year, in January, I decided to sunset running the troupe. I thought, let's cap it at the two decades. I think that's a a good chunk of time. I want to see what my fall will be like, fall season would be like without working because I do work full time for, you know, this to be solid in what I do with my career. Mm. 
But all the extra stuff I said to my sons who are young adults, I'm going to see what it's like in the fall to not run crazy because I was working full time, mm. running to go right, which I still will do forever because that's just a passion. I'm going to see what it's like to just cut back a little bit. Mm. That was in January. So I faded out quietly, let my troop know, hey, I'm, I'm going to at least take this year off. And then COVID decided for me, mm. there are no gatherings. So it was a very bizarre thing that I, I did announce, hey, I'm not doing a fall show because we would do three weeks of shows. Yeah. And that's a lot. And I love it and I miss it. But at the same time, we've all shifted. Mm. And what I learned this year was improvisation is to go with the moment and yes, and I, I have this issue or problem, or you and I are in a scene and you tell me you have a purple dog. I don't say there's no purple dogs. I say, yes, and my cat has polka dots. <laughs> what I've learned very much is we all have that in us to improv and to yes, and because look at the events that went to Zoom. Look at how people all of a sudden could work from home. Look at the people who shifted jobs as my husband had to, and we're still doing it and we're still seeing the next thing. What is our next best thought? What is our next thing we can try? And we're all doing improv right now. So that's what I've seen this year. It's so true. Um, But um, I think there's so much opportunity, particularly for comedians, um, you know, in this space. um, And I've seen quite a few here in Australia take advantage of that. And they're they're basically doing tours online and you you just buy a ticket and you tune in. Like, how cool is that? Yes. The audience difference is so difficult because some shows will include the laughter, Mm. they'll keep all the mics open and some have everyone muted because there's that awkward hiccup or your screen can freeze. But you, you know, do you talk about COVID in your set or do you act like everything's fine and we just talk about our relationships and that sort of thing? So there's so many hiccups to get past. And what I know, once we can be in clubs again, some clubs are open at some capacity, but once we can do that, and have an audience and see their faces and feel that reaction, we're going to be so much better for it, Mm. so much stronger. But, you know, working in a club means you get money. Working on Zoom doesn't always mean money. So kudos to everyone that's still trying and kudos (laughs) to everyone still writing and going forward because we need laughter so much right now. So true, we do. And, um, you know, I think um, that's what drew me, uh, I think, to you, Lisa, is I, I love to have a laugh and most people think I'm quite funny. Um, so that's that's why I've invited you along here. But um, you also have a book out, don't you? I do. I wrote my memoir in 2018 is when it came out. And it's called Laughs on Rye, W-R-Y, an improviser's memoir. And I wanted to write it because I grew up in a traumatic home. My mother was an alcoholic. And now that I'm an adult, I do understand she was self-medicated mm. for mental issues. Uh, but, but along the way, it's this roller coaster of her highs and lows. And she's who got me into performing. But when I was younger, I would pretend that Carol Burnett raised me. And she's, I don't know if that's popular where you are, yes, but yes. she's sketch comedy and and that was who raised me in my mind. And so imagination and mm. pretending and humor was my escape. And that's what got me through the the hard times of suddenly being pulled out of bed, being blamed for something, you know, the kids would all have to line up until we admitted who did it, whatever it was. You took the belt. 
we all got to go back to bed. And that's a short version of what it was like to grow up. You couldn't bring mm-hmm. friends over or anything. So I would, because you just never knew what was going to happen. And so I definitely was a performer back then for a room full uh, audience that just demanded that I do one more song, one more scene. And that happened to be my Barbies. And they <laughs> loved me. Sell out shows, standing ovations, call back. Oh, it was amazing. Oh, the times I had, the tickets I sold in my bedroom. <laughs> so really, laughter then got you through those tough times and, and you know, copying a flogging from your mum, basically. It did. It got us through because one thing is for sure. Mm. If mom was laughing, she wasn't beating us. Yeah. And that's also how you coped with your siblings. Instead of crying and just licking your wounds, as you say, you're off trying to just make each other laugh and raise that moment. And laughter is endorphins and laughter is escape and laughter feels good. And we're drawn to it. No yeah. matter what day it is, no matter what time it is, we are absolutely drawn to it. Well, it's one of those things that's in, that is in a good infectious kind of thing, isn't it? That, um, you know, it's a it's a pattern breaker. You know, if someone is, you know, in, in a traumatic spiral or whatever, if they're upset, you know, making them laugh can just break that whole pattern that they're in and change their whole day. So I think laughter is so important. Yes, and it crosses no matter like you and I, no matter where we live, mm. how far apart we are, age, ethnicity, it, what language you might speak, it doesn't matter because if you and I are in a grocery store and I might be flipping through my phone, maybe you have a kid at your hip and whatever, we hear something across the room and people break out in laughter. Let's pretend somebody walked in in an elf suit and you can hear these bells jingling off of their suit that's funny. I stop looking at my phone. You you have your hand on your child, but you're 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 both now engaged together looking over there. It takes our full attention mm. for a humor moment like nothing else. Yeah. Because people could be listening to this podcast right now and also flipping through Facebook on something or doing their dishes or something. But if we heard this thing happening over here, we stop that which we are doing and give our full attention. I don't know what else really would pull you besides a tragedy, (laughs) but laughter stops that moment and we all come together in that moment. You don't need the same language to laugh at this person who is being jovial over here with bells on them. It doesn't matter your age. We are in that moment together. Yeah, and and it, th- that just reminded me of you know like the old Charlie Chaplin days. You know, uh, there yes. were there were no words, there was no language. It was right, you know, in, and everyone understood it. Everybody laughed. So yes, great example. Yeah. Yes. So it it's just a universal language, really, isn't it? Yes, and when we go and have that exchange together, even as strangers, that's how we go forward. The next exchange, then, as my example at the store. When we are with that clerk or something, we're still laughing. We're still joyful. Or if I was at work and I'm answering the phone, I'm going to answer with a smile in my voice. And yes, you can hear a smile on the phone. Yeah. And then I've just given that to someone else. This ripple is a beautiful free gift that we can experience and then pass along. 
Yeah, I um I had uh, another guest on the show. Um, I think it was early this year, um, and uh, she is in Toronto, and um, she does a lot of work with people around Alzheimer's and dementia and that kind of stuff. And she has this mm. she has this habit uh, that she developed, and uh, she she likes to put a chuckle in your day. So she'll just stop someone on the street or wherever um, and just say, hey, can I put a chuckle in your day? And she'll tell the funniest jokes and it will just change your entire day. Um, so just, you know, yes. a- adopting little things like that, I think it's a beautiful thing to share, but it's also like it brightens someone's day like you couldn't imagine. It, it is. And she's very brave because mm. jokes are taking a chance. You don't know <laughs> someone's humor. I'm a terrible joke teller. I can never remember. And all I do is jump to the punchline. So <laughs> it's it's in my live, my living will that people at my funeral are going to have to tell their favorite punchline. I don't care how dirty it is. <laughs> Just your favorite punchline. Try that sometime with your friends. It's ridiculous. Some jokes you'll know and some you won't. But I did something similar to that. And it's um, called my project in bravery and mm. it's serious selfies with strangers. And I did incorporate that into my book, sharing some of the photos of my book, but they are all over my Facebook page as well. And one day I, I saw these two young adult females. They had just gotten ice cream, picture a double scoop and picture it in the a fabulous silly color, mm. pinks and blues. And it was in a waffle cone and very vibrant. And they were standing by a brick wall in this alley in this beautiful downtown area where I live. And they were taking some pictures with their ice cream in the brick wall. It was just fabulous. And I walked up and I said, hey, can we get a selfie together? It was this moment. And they said, well, yeah, yeah, that sounds great. I said, okay, I'm going to hold up my camera. I'm going to use my timer. It's going to three, two, one, but you can't smile. And the laughter that came out was ridiculous. We laughed. It's like laughing when you're not supposed to, you know? Yeah. Maybe you're at a business meeting and and the boss said, yes, we do do that. And you're like, tee hee hee, he doo-doo. said doo-doo. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, but now I tell you, you can't laugh. So we take this selfie and we're, we're looking serious and they're holding the ice cream and looking serious. And that after we were done, we were proud of ourselves for doing it. And then we laughed again. And I have done a bunch of these wherever I go. And with COVID, I have to be a little more savvy, of course, with distance or what I'm doing, or it's just with family. But try that because it's a very silly thing and it's a challenge kind of a thing. And you tell the person, okay, but you can't smile. I have people send them to me and they are so proud of themselves that they did it. Or, you know, it's just a silly group family photo. And it looks ridiculous. Just think old time black and white straight face, no emotion. (laughs) But what came out of that was true friendships. Mm. The girls I spoke of that were my first serious selfie, we got together because when my book came out, someone recognized them. And then it turned out I knew one of their parents and I would have never known that. Oh, wow. And we all got together for coffee. (sighs) This was pre-COVID. And then we went shopping at a secondhand store and we are still in touch. And it's that's one example. I have many examples of friendships that came from that dare to myself, my project in bravery. Oh man, I love that. And I could just imagine the photos that you would produce. Um, and that alone would just be hilarious. Just, uh, you know, not smiling, I think changes yes. the whole perspective in you and yeah, tells a whole different story that's even funnier. 
It does. And in my book, I share the stories behind them because some of them, you know, it was a blues player guy in Chicago and he just said, there's no way I can't smile. He could not look at the camera. And it was a superb moment, just different moments like that. A guy at the gym, yeah. it was a younger guy, you know, it's just like, why? We don't talk at the gym. We <laughs> stare into the mirror. What? This person's talking to me. This is really different. Okay. I'll get a picture with her. Maybe she'll go away. <laughs> well, I think we've got to make that project global because that, that is such a cool idea. I absolutely love it. Thank you. Now, Lisa, can you tell us about what your mission is in the work that you do? Yes. My mission is to connect people through humor. It's been that way wherever I worked and whatever I've done, I always want to share those moments because when we laugh, we raise our endorphins, we lower our blood pressure, and we connect in that moment. So my mission is to connect through laughter and to spread the ripples of joy and just let that go because it does come back to you. I give you a smile, you give me a smile, now we each have two smiles. It's affordable. You can find fun. You don't have to be rich <laughs> and it's easy to share. So that is my mission is to connect through humor. Oh, and you know, happiness is one of those things that when we share it, it multiplies. And I, I think laughing is you know a big part of that. So your mission, love it. Absolutely love it. Now, um, in the, um, the troop work that you've done, can you tell us a bit more about that? And I mean, cause it resonates with me because yeah, when I was in high school, uh, I did speech and drama. So we did quite a lot of improv kind of stuff. So Fun. yeah. So I'm keen to learn more about that work. It started because I was in a singing group and one of the gals said to me, Hey, I'm in this comedy group and you should come try out. And I said to myself, boy, that's, that scares me. <laughs> and then I thought, well, why not? And I thought, she thinks I'm funny and that I can sing. I should. And so I said, yeah, I'll do that because we should do something whenever we get the opportunity that makes the thing that makes you sweat in the weird places <laughs> is the thing you should do, whether that means actually leaving the house or jumping out of an airplane or anything in between. So I did do that. And she said, yeah, we needed another woman. So I, I thought it was because I was so fabulous, but it was actually because I have girl parts. So that's fine. <laughs> so I, I tried it. I said, I don't do improv. And I love answering that question to other people when they tell me they don't do improv uh, because we do. And I ended up running the troupe and um, my husband was the director these last few years. We've had a few different directors. So meeting the troupe and building my my team became my family and family is who you choose mm. and so building this comedy troupe taught me trust and that's a that's a hard thing for me my my dad is mm. mostly syrian and german and that is in me so trust is not something that i was born with at all <laughs> and so uh especially the way i grew up yeah. so with my team you get on stage and all of a sudden the lights are in your eyes and there's maybe in, in a packed night in our small theater, 140 people looking at you, waiting for you to do the thing. Maybe you just forgot who your name was supposed to be. <laughs> and maybe I'm on stage with you and you see that look in my eyes because we've been together so long and you say, oh, Peter, pass the salt or whatever. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm the husband in this scene and <laughs> we're at dinner. That is trust. Mm. You have my back. 
And that is something that the troop gave me that showed me that you can find that circle of trust and surround yourself with people that would have your back. And then I have theirs too, of course. Mm. We want to make each other look good. We want to build each other up. And that's what the audience can feel and see. So that's what the troop means to me. And by the way, I made some money with it. <laughs> that works too. <laughs> yeah, that kind of helps. Um, but wow, that must be so, that must be you know just going through those motions of of doing those performances. And because it's improv, and you're not, not quite sure where it's going to end up at the end, um, I think the excitement and exhilaration of that is is so cool. But also, like, it must be so fulfilling and such a high for you to do that. It is, and one of the bonuses is that the audience is included mm. and they are in the comfort of their seat because Bob Jones um, in the third row yelled out, you're Peter and you're at dinner. He just helped the show and he feels pretty good about himself because his idea was chosen and he didn't have to get up there and be in the lights and feel silly or be on the spot, but his, his idea made it to the stage. And that does feel actually pretty good. So that way it's the audience is included. And when you come back to that joke later, you know, the whole audience is in with it. That's why Carol Burnett was so funny because they mm. allowed the audience to be in on the jokes and go forward so that everyone felt part of the success of the show. And that's another part is they want you to do well. They're there, they paid a ticket and they're sitting there. They don't want to see a flop of a show. So they do want to give you good ideas and they do want their idea used. And that's how I use it when I'm speaking as well. I want the audience participation. So we're building this thing together. Mm. So that that unity and that inclusiveness is is another layer of it, isn't it? Yeah, we experience each other and we have that moment together mm. that no that will never be that moment again. In that moment we were together building something and wanting success for each other. Awesome. Now, I know you've been mentioning Carol Burnett quite a bit, so I'm guessing she's a bit <laughs> yes. of a fave, but like, what do you find really funny nowadays? I find release through humor to, to be important these days, and I find including others in, that, in a respectful way to be very important. So anytime that we can release and let go through laughter, it, it's really necessary more now than ever. And during the day I work with police and they don't, they could be walking out to a call and it could be a domestic or they could be helping someone simply move their car out of the road or finding this cat's home because we're animal control as well. Mm. They don't know when they walk out the door, they don't know. And that can be very tense. So humor is extremely important at work. No matter where you work, you remember those humor moments and we all need that release, but it is also a connector. Mm. And so, I mean, who would you say is your favorite comedian at the moment? I really enjoy clean comics like um, Jim Gaffigan, somebody who can be relatable that way. Uh, I'm no prude. I certainly <laughs> love dirty memes. Go ahead and send them to me. But um, on, on my pages, and I have a comedy group online with Facebook, it's counterclockwise. And we, it's a community where we all just share silly memes. And people have, I've been stopped at the store as recently as last week wearing a mask. And a guy said, how are you doing? Hey, I really enjoy counterclockwise. When I need a smile, I know that that's where I can open up and go to. 
not only did I not know that he knew me, especially with the mask on, but that he was part of Counterclockwise, knew that was my group. It's grown to over a thousand people in just three months. And to me, I didn't expect wow. that. Wow. That's awesome. We want to smile. And we also want to go, hey, like my meme kind of a thing. There again, we want to be part of the group and make a difference. And that's the thing as well. I was talking to someone um, just this week uh, in the US and uh, talking about smiling um, to people and, and still having facial reactions. But when you've got a mask on, it's really tough. It's called smizing because we're <laughs> smiling with our eyes. Yes. <laughs> A different comic that I saw on one of the Zoom shows was saying that she'll miss not wearing a mask because she has picked up a habit of mumbling obscenities underneath her mask when she's not <laughs> happy at the store or somewhere. You're like, what the, you know, without the mask, you can't be doing that anymore. Yeah. So she said that's a habit she'll have to break. <laughs> I, think, I think a lot of people are doing that, actually. They're, there's a few jokes uh, going around and they're saying one thing, but they're actually saying something else exactly. <laughs> with a <the> mask. <laughs> I did not say fox. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, Lisa, what would you say is the biggest challenge in the work that you do and how do you overcome it? <clears throat> For myself, it was thinking that I wasn't smart. I only made it through 10th grade with, with all that was going on in my family. I was a very ill teen. I had um, pneumonia and strep and mono and all these things that I missed a ton of school. And that was at the culmination of being a teenager, trying to figure out who the heck I was and having this home life where if I got to sleep through the night, that was awesome. Mm. And I mean, it wasn't every night, but you still have night frights. Mm. And so I missed a heck of a lot of school and I did not have parents who were extremely engaged in making sure, huh, seems like the teachers are calling. We should probably fix this. Okay. So that wasn't, wasn't happening. And as a teenager, you're not going, oh, I've got to make sure that I'm, I'm getting it all together. Therefore, I, for years, felt like I wasn't smart. Mm -hmm. I definitely finished school on my own, but not in a traditional way. And I went on to do extra schooling and I've always craved to learn. My challenge was to say that I wasn't smart. And that's why I never wrote a book for a very long time. Mm -hmm. I don't have initials after my name. I've <clears throat> almost always worked two and sometimes three jobs. And so once I broke through that, that was huge that I did find my people that said, your story matters. Get it out there while you can. Don't regret it. Just write. Figure out the editing later. And that's, that's what I hope other people would do too. So overcoming that and finding out through sharing my story, other people coming to me and saying that I was brave. Mm -hmm. They didn't say, you don't have three degrees. You're not a master of anything. They said I was brave for sharing my story. And then they wanted to tell me their story. So we connected that way through tragedy and supporting each other and just saying, hey, me too, that kind of a thing. Mm. And, you know, there's such courage in stepping up and, and telling your story. And I think mm -hmm. that opens um, doors for others. And in just doing that, um, I have to commend you because, you know, um, sometimes it's not, you know, comfortable to share that stuff. Um, and, and to actually step out of your comfort zone and do that, um, you know, that helps people so much. And it is a, it is a brave thing, but it's also a connecting thing. Mm. And so I would encourage anyone that thinks that they, they, oh, I've been wanting to write a book or write that blog or share that photo. I, I challenge you, please do it because 
that's how you find your people. Those that don't honor you or agree with it, that's just not your people. Exactly. So yeah. live your life and be you and be brave and step up and share what you have because you're so unique and you have something to share. And please don't don't uh, miss out on finding the true audience that is yours and the true friends that will support you. All you can do is grow from it. That's it. And, you know, I think that's one of the things I love the most about um, doing this podcast is, you know, every story matters. And um, mm-hmm. and I have to thank you for sharing yours as well. Um, so I love this question uh, because there's no wrong answer to it, right? Can you define what being ethical means to you? <clears throat> yes, that was a, a wonderful thought provoker. And that's what I really respect about your show. I, I look forward to that answer when I listen. Uh, ethical, you know, it could mean society's rules and values and choices. It's, it's how we conduct ourselves and how we choose to connect. So for me, it's saying respecting others and building each other's, each other up. Mm. Being ethical means supporting each other and knowing that our differences is what really brings us together as a group. And so, you know, we talk about leaving joy in our wake. Let's uplift each other and not compare. Let's uplift each other and celebrate what we have. And the next time you're flipping through Facebook, instead of being jealous because, oh, she has better hair than me, or, oh, he got his book out faster than me. How about you give him a like and give him a comment and see how that feels instead. Mm. So. Being ethical to me is coming together and just celebrating each other. Yeah, and it's a bit of a theme I'm picking up on this year. Um, uh, one of the things that I'm seeing a lot of guests talking about is, like, let's stop being so judgmental and let's communicate and let's just come together. Um, yes. And um, it's one of the themes that's bubbling up this year. Oh, I love that. Mm. And the main thing is, is get out of your head. Yeah, and get the out of your own way. The main things we're thinking. Mm. What did you say? Get out of your own way. Yes. Well mm. said. I, and get out of your own head because the chances are what you're thinking has nothing to do with it. Just because she just got a, this fabulous car, you don't know that she doesn't have a, a horrendous back issue and wishes that she could stand for 10 minutes. You know, we don't know. Exactly. Send her a big, a big meme that says, you know, you're the bomb because you've got that cool car now and congratulations. I'm so happy for you. Why not? Yeah. And, and that's it. You know, when you, when you actually send that out into the universe, you're going to actually get some of that back. So I think, you know, if we start to generate more of that, we're going to see a bit more beauty around us. (laughs) That's what we've learned during the pandemic, and mm. hopefully, that's what I've learned. Kindness matters. Oh yeah! Not only is it priceless; it doesn't cost to spread it. So, yeah, being kind is what we've all connected to. Mm. So, um, what are your plans at the moment? And, and I know things are, you know, a bit sketchy in the U.S. at the moment with COVID. But um, what are you working on at the moment, and what are your immediate plans? I've been connecting on a lot of podcasts. I've been doing virtual speaking and I have my own podcast. So I had, while I was home, actually experiencing COVID and on my quarantine, I was able to, I had enough energy to do things like this Mm. and I built up more uh, 
episodes of my podcast where I celebrate the weird people and their quirky careers. And so I really had a good time making that my priority. I finally had a reconnect with that. And so now I just can't stop. So I've enjoyed that. I've got a book in my head that's um, just a fiction book that's going to be really silly. And I might go forward with that. And I'm also doing creative mentoring. So um, when people have a project they're stuck with, I do have a journal that I wrote that has improvisation tips from what I've learned, but it's all about creativity. So Mm. it's not teaching you improv, but it's you come to me with your project, you're stuck. We're going to talk through it, get some new ideas. Maybe you just launched a book and you need to know how to do it online because you can't just have this party like we used to. Mm. We're going to talk through it and get some great ideas. That energy exchange is such a buzz mm. just to talk through a project and get new ideas. And, and we trade ideas. It's, it's just a great exchange. And it's really what keeps me going. It's my uh, mental coffee. <laughs> I, I think I could probably send a few people your way on that one. That would be wonderful. I love it. I love to meet people and network and, and Zoom calls are the thing now. Mm. And um, what's, what's the name of your podcast, Lisa? It's Stranger Connections yep. with Lisa David Olson. So it's a bit like uh, the Stranger Things. (laughs) Yes, yes. I've talked to a man who used to be a monk because my questions are, why'd you quit? And I always ask people about a dare or a prank. Mm. It's a great thing to, the man I just interviewed is, um, he does British murder, uh, true crime British murder podcast. And once we got to the, the dare or the prank, man, you find out their actual persona behind this. <laughs> yes, I share about the story. And he's like, yeah, and I'm hiding in the bushes, tee hee hee. So it's just such fun to have that difference. And yes, I've, I've met such freaky fun people. I'm so blessed to have. <laughs> Send me your weirdos, people. Send me your weirdos. <laughs> oh, I'm sure we can find some for you, Lisa. Um, now, um, as, <laughs> as we've been talking, and I can just pick up on your energy, um, you really are very, very connected with your inner child. Um, and I think that is a, a really a, a big part of being able to do improvisation and also um, be creative. Um, and I think a lot of adults nowadays um, are so disconnected from their inner child that they find it hard to be creative, they find it hard to have fun, particularly in a business aspect or in a project aspect. Um mm-hmm. Are you finding that in the people that come to you for help? Yes. One of the things that uh, has become a new moniker for me is that I'm the icebreaker queen. Mm. And that is true. That's personally or for business. I am an icebreaker queen. And and one of my little taglines I've added is, and I promise not to scare your introverts. Because (laughs) I know with that, there are days I'm not going to want to be front and center. There Mm. are. But it's rare. But (laughs) You know, it's it's about making that connection and people want to know, you know, how do I get my team engaged? We're all glued to the screen now. What can we do? And I come up with some silly challenges. And the last one I presented at, they said, well, I don't know that everybody will stay engaged. It's a, It was an all-day session. And so I came up with an idea for them to all share a fall photo. Uh, obviously, it was in the fall. And how about the tree in your yard? Share that photo. And then in between speakers and sessions, they would share these photos. Well, of course I want to see my photo come up, you know, or I want to see other people's photo of where, what their yard looks like or their trees or their leaves or raking them or jumping in them. And that became 
uh, an icebreaker to get people to connect and talk about their photo and connect. That's one small way you can do it. A lot of times it's with humor, but there's so many great contests you can do that you don't have to be front and center. It can be behind the scenes, but you're still participating. So you got to know your audience. <laughs> yeah, and I, I found a, a similar challenge um, at, at my full-time work. I also work for government here. And um, uh, my team uh, through COVID, um, I led them through COVID. And, um, you know, uh, having online meetings, they can just sit there and just be so disengaged. And so, you know, we would actually lock in a time on a Friday where we would, um, you know, just sit and chat and, like, we would just end up, in fits of laughter because it was like catching up with family. And um, this one day we actually did a treasure hunt around our house where you had to go and um, you had all the questions beforehand and you had to like run and find these things in your house and then show everyone on the camera and, you know, all these weird things. We'd have a meme competition or, you know, like, you know, I'd I'd always start my day with a meme or a gif. Like there'd be no words, there'd just be a meme or a gif. (laughs) So that got us through COVID, can I just say. (laughs) That is great. And it it makes me think of a different one someone did, which was, (laughs) and this is just happening whether you ask or not, show us your pet. And of course my dog is going to be next to me. I go, here's my dog. And people are like, or how many meetings have you participated in where somebody goes, oh, oh, sorry, my cat wants it. And of course the cat has to walk by the camera. (laughs) So people want to show their pets anyway. Yeah. Could be, or or show me if you're wearing pants. No, maybe (laughs) not. Maybe not. Maybe we don't want to know that. Yeah. We, (laughs) and at the end of year we did a, for for the whole, um, organization we actually did like a, a presentation of every all the photos of everyone from home so it included all the dogs and the cats and yes. you know all that kind of stuff and people in their home office and so yeah it was very cool it made it much more connected and um you know like you've been through something really meaningful together um and it just brought us a lot closer like we were family yes. rather than workmates because you, you're virtually in each other's homes right and you're you know, you'll you'll you know the kids are at the back, and you know that so and so is in their pajamas, just like you are, Lisa. So yes. it's yes, <laughs> you know. So I think we've just got to connect with that inner child and have fun. Like, well, you know, yes. most of us are not in jobs where we're saving lives if we're on a Zoom call. Can I just say? Um, so let's have some fun. <laughs> You're right. You might as well. And <clears throat> and I love that virtual show and tell. I think that is a great way to connect. Definitely. Yeah. And, and look how many people are picking up different um, hobbies, art or yeah. hobby. Like yeah. I started painting, but look how many people are making sourdough bread <laughs> and as if they invented, invented bread. And my friend posted her flop of a bread. It was this big lump. It looked like it, it was a, a doughy tumor coming out. And she's like, well, that didn't work, but it still tasted good. <laughs> I know. I know as an icebreaker one day for a team meeting, I, I thought I'd do a show and tell and I, I started growing sprouts. So I was doing a close up of these sprouts that I grew. <laughs> it was, it was a low point. <laughs> We're all celebrating sprouts. We never thought a year ago that that would be our thing. <laughs> That was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, and you can do fake awards. You can do oh, certificates. Yeah. You can. I, I just took a, a class with a friend um, that she was running, and she was wrapping it up. And I said, "Well, have you thought of doing just certificates at the end? Mm-hmm. It doesn't cost anything. She could make them. She did, and guess what happened? We all shared them because <laughs> you know why not? So we shared them. We're all proud of our certificates. Well, look how that got the word out. 
So now her next session is filling up. <laughs> and look, at it didn't cost much. Yeah. So we can, use, we can use this to our advantage. And I know that this will go way past the pandemic of being creative online. Yeah. Well, we, we actually did that one too and I won Best Home Office. So as you can tell, you I'm in a recording did? studio. <laughs> wow. I can't believe that's not like a logo on, the, on your screen. I'd be bragging that up. Well, normally this behind me is behind me when I'm on my work zooms so yeah of course it is You're <laughs> so there's a whole fancy. recording studio here and they're like oh show us around <laughs> oh, home tour I'm sorry you'll have to pay me for that <laughs> yeah. tours start in 10 minutes <laughs> oh now um Lisa if people want to find out more about you and want to get in touch where can they find you I am really on Facebook a lot Lisa David Olson I do have a website lisadavidolson.com and reach out through Messenger if you want to connect, set up a call and set up a chat. I'm also on LinkedIn and Instagram, but um, mainly I'm on Facebook and I in my group um, counterclockwise. So jump in there and enjoy some humor. I am going to get in that group and you are going to see me go nuts with some memes, can I just say. Yes. And if, if they're a little more R-rated, just message them to me. <laughs> I've been keeping oh, the page I'll try and keep it clean. <laughs> How did you know? No. <laughs> I was just hoping. <laughs> oh. <laughs> now, I don't think I've laughed this much in an interview for a while. So um, I'm going to finish off with our last big question for you, Lisa. What's the change you'd like to see in the world and how can we bring it to life? People need to, I shouldn't say, let me start over. The change to see in the world and bringing it to life is let's be brave and let's dare ourselves daily. Commit to the scene that you're in, whether it's um, on a stage or with your partner or with a coworker, commit to that scene. Really listen. Let someone be heard. Tell them what you heard and celebrate each moment. And that can just look like eating with a cloth napkin at your desk. Celebrate. Make that lunch awesome out of that styrofoam container. <laughs> it, but really, dare yourself daily. Be bold and be brave. Because we don't know if it's our last day or anything. I'm not saying live scared, but just be brave and be bold. And do that thing that you've been saying you want to do. At least start it. It'll feel good. You won't regret it. Dare ourselves daily. I love that. Yeah, I think that needs to be a tattoo somewhere or something like that. It's my <laughs> sticker. It is my sticker. I put it everywhere. Oh, love it. It's it's almost a bit Brene Brown, isn't it? Oh, maybe. Dare ourselves daily. Mm. Yeah. Lisa, thank you so much for being a part of the Ethical Evolution. You have given me so much chuckle today. Oh, that's so awesome to hear. That makes my day. You gave me goosebumps. And I do love your show. Thank you for what you're doing because you're – evoking these answers from everyone to to dig a little bit deeper and not not talk on the surface but really truly what are we doing in the world and you are changing people and i thank you so much for what you do thanks for listening to the ethical evolution podcast if you're an ethical business owner change maker or holistic healer who's determined to make a change in the world and you need support to spread your message visit ethicalchangeagency.com to collaborate Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh,
my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big home touchdown. On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a beautiful different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Electric acid.